Welcome to Shared Ground, where we meet to explore the lands and forests of eastern Canada, Mi'kma'ki, and our relationships to the rest of nature. We talk about ecology, conservation, forestry, and many interconnected issues. One of the main purposes of this podcast is to hear opinions and ideas from many different people. Each perspective will hopefully lead to a better understanding of a bigger picture. I am Amanda Bostland, and I am in search of ideas, practices, and attitudes that offer mutual benefit for humans and all species for whom these lands are home. I believe in the importance of finding shared ground where as humans we can live well and meet our needs while contributing to thriving forests and the well-being of all the incredible life we share this planet with. Today we're taking a look into one of my favorite places. If you heard the last episode, which was my conversation with Jen McClatchy, you heard a bit about the Deanery Project. For folks not familiar with that special place on the eastern shore, and also for people who are, I wanted to do an episode that was a bit of an overview of the Deanery, and also to explore a bit deeper into some of the many very interesting things that make that place what it is. The Deanery Project is an environmental arts and education centre located within mixed forest fronting on a sheltered cove of the Atlantic Ocean in Lower Ship Harbour, about an hour from Jabuktuk, Halifax, within Mi'kma'ki, the unceded and ancestral territory of the Mi'kmaq people. Nestled in this rural location are many intriguing buildings and functional art installations, including a solar kiln, woodworking studio, straw bale tiny home, composting outhouses, a sky pillar, a bike hub, outdoor classroom, and a cob oven from which I've tasted some delectable pizza. The main hall at the deanery has a large common space used for many different purposes, a commercial kitchen, and an attached greenhouse. The deanery project has been an inspiration for me over several years. I don't make it there often, as it is a little far from where I live, but every time I leave with a refreshed sense of excitement for what is possible when folks create community together and do creative things for the common good. Ever since I read Margaret Wheatley's description of what she calls Islands of Sanity, I've been thinking of the deanery this way. A beautiful island of sanity. This spring, I was grateful and excited to be able to stay for a few days, and I was delighted to see the new projects and to learn about the variety of upcoming programs and events. As is in line with my past experiences there, it felt like a very full and nourishing experience. There's a lot going on, and a wide range of people who are involved and come in and out bringing ideas and energy. I enjoyed staying in one of the dorm rooms and sharing healthy and delicious meals with whoever was around at the time, and walking the trails. I wandered down to the shore after dark and splashed in the water to see the bioluminescence, which feels like magic. I'd like to thank those listeners who have made a donation to Shared Ground. It really means a lot to me, both practically and morale-wise. I am just one person doing this, and so appreciate any support folks are able to offer. If any monetary contribution is within your means, please do consider making a donation to support this work. You can find a donate button wherever you found this episode, 
or you can find the link from the Shared Ground Podcast Facebook page. If you were not able to contribute financially, another way you could help is by leaving a review on your preferred podcast platform, and hopefully a good one. I'd love more of these stories and conversations to reach more ears, minds, and hearts, and helping me cover the costs of travel and production will help that happen. Together, in so many different ways, we can co-create a more beautiful world. And I would say that is what the deanery is all about too. During my time there this spring, I came prepared with my recorder so I could ask a few of the people I met some questions about their feelings and thoughts about the deanery. We'll start today with that compilation of voices, and then you'll hear my conversation with Kim Thompson, who is the executive director of the deanery, and, amongst other things, a well-known natural builder, a trailblazer of straw bale building in the Maritimes. When you first, this is a long time ago for you, but when you first came by, do you remember something you were inspired by or surprised by oh, when you first visited? Uh, there, the first, actually, the first time I came here was really cool because there was horses here, like work horses for logging and selective cutting and uh that that was the workshop so i mean that's pretty cool it's hard to beat that yeah well now i want to know more about that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> were they was... doing like like draft horse logging here at one point for the property like, uh, to, no it to... was uh, it was just a workshop they, oh, were, they, they okay. weren't uh it wasn't actually actually for a project on on the land here it was just one of the uh this this had to been like probably like a year into the deanery project you know like a winter activity um kind of thing because that's when that's when draft horse locking is better and that was yeah it was kind of kind of wild kind of kind of neat for a first experience yeah sounds like they do have a lot of amazing workshops i guess they always have yeah oh yeah um so what do you love about the deanery assuming that you love the deanery (laughs) I, I think that it's uh, just keeps growing as like this inspiring space and there's always uh, I, lo- I love coming and seeing how things have changed and uh, you know new structures are always coming up and they're always done in really interesting ways because of the natural building uh, like everything's everything's a demonstration of a technique or or an idea and uh, that's always quite cool or being here um while those things are going on too you know like i i learned a lot about a lot of different uh, techniques and ways of doing things while i was working here Hmm. over four years i was uh i was here pretty regularly so okay do you want to just um say like some of the things you were working on oh my gosh i mean there was like a, a documentation project for the um solar wood kiln and i ended up doing a bunch of research and digging into what other solar wood kiln projects that there are going on and uh you know what was really done well about the building what could be improved about the building and uh um and yeah getting it set up and um putting the first boards in there and seeing how they did what do you think is the importance of places like this uh i think uh well i think we we need like a lot of 
places like this you know like i think i i think it's important for people to have ties to a place like this and then for it to be local to them and for them to be able to come out and see what's possible and uh have opportunities to uh spend some time at those places or or get get inspired for projects they can do um you know and it's it's important for people to uh congregate around shared ideas and values mm. and so having space as centers for people in a region to to come meet uh you know that, that's that's always been important and uh and i think it's gonna you know it's obviously gonna it has to continue to be important that's that's a human need uh, especially like we're you know we're social creatures we got to have these spaces. I don't know if you can remember, but when you first came here, uh, what were you surprised or inspired by about the Deanery Project? Um, I think just how, like the variety of how much, how many different things were going on, how many different projects, how many different things there were to learn, uh, like about natural building and architecture. And there's a bike shop and there's... Like there's gardens. What do you love about the deanery? Um, I love that it, all the kinds of things that uh, the deanery is trying to teach, that the projects that are happening here are all uh, what we need in order to build a sustainable future or livable futures. Um, we need to, like, there's the things that you can learn here about natural building and the gardens, and um, it really shows that you don't need to rely on um, buying these mass-produced uh, materials made of petrochemicals in order to build structures. Um, and so maybe you also already just answered this, but what do you think the importance is of places like this? Um, the, there's a really important educational aspect to it. Like people come here and can learn so many different things. Um, and even coming here for years, I'm, con I'm, I'm learning new things all the time. And um, it, there's just so many different pieces that are demonstrations of an example of how you can do something. Um, like there's a solar wood kiln and it shows people that you can dry wood that way and you don't need to treat it with chemicals. And there are structures that are built using natural materials and that demonstrates that this kind of thing is possible. Um, and the, the practice of learning from the land and learning how to live responsibly on land in, in Mi'kma'ki, yeah. First of all, maybe you can just tell me what, what you two are up here, up to here today, just briefly. Oh, here, uh, we, uh... I've been communicating with Kim a little bit. She needs some uh, helping hand around here, so uh, I told her I would come by and lend a hand. So uh, right now we got a we're installing a door down there, so it's good. It's working out great. Installing a door. I can hear the machinery as we speak. Yeah, he has the drill going there. Yeah, I'm going to spend a lot of time here. I like this place. Yeah. There's something about this place. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'll be here quite often, and if I can help out, you know, so, so what do you like about this place? Okay, I'm going to go back to the beginning when I came here. Uh, a friend of mine uh, told me that 
uh, back in December, winter solstice, that they were having some kind of a celebration here, an Aboriginal, like Enigma uh, celebration. So I am being from that traditional background. I said, well, I got to go in. I got to I got to see this. But I, I got here a little late. So it, all the celebrations were over. So, but I came in and I met Kim and a few of the other uh, participants that were here. And so, like when I got out of my truck, it was just like, a, wow. Like there was a, like, like an energy. Like there was something special. Maybe it was the people that were here celebrating. I don't know what it was. But that particular time, it was just, wow, the energy. And I was just like a child, like a, I was so excited, like, you know, like a child in a playground. It was, it was beautiful. I loved it. Yeah. And is there anything particular that surprised you about this place? Uh, the simplicity of it. I, I, like, I, I, I thought it was, thought it was going to be different. I thought it would be more like a, a commercial kind of thing. But when I came in and I saw, holy moly, this is this is something like the place I grew up in. You know, like really natural like buildings around here and I don't know, everything is hard it's hard to it's hard to really explain. I just like it. I just, when I'm here, I just love it. I, I just love just, the nature part of it. Just it's a feeling more than a specific thing that you can put your finger it, on. It, yeah, it, it, you have to come. You have to come here and just spend time here to, to understand it. You know, like um, that, that's what I get from it. Yeah, I agree. I think it's such a special place. Um, and I guess the. Uh, Oh yeah, so you, so you've been coming by for for just a few months, but what do you do? You have any thoughts about what the importance is of a place like this? Uh, haven't really given it a lot of thought that way, but we do come here. Uh, there's we have a musical thing the first Sunday of every month. That's important. Uh, meeting people that I haven't met before, musically especially, which is. Uh, draws people together uh, but that's the only thing th that I can get I gather from it for up to this point but for me I can't speak for anybody but for me I'm going to be coming more and more because uh, I've came from a place when I was born grew up to my late teens in a community that was kind of basic, rustic, rural, and I, I haven't had it since. So I think for me, this would be a place for me to come and be grounded from the political upheavals, you know, and stuff like that. So this would be a good place for me to come, even even alone, and just be able to come and sit there and maybe. Well, that's the end of the questions, but is there anything else you'd like to add or say? Well, thank you for doing this. Thank you, and uh, hopefully the word gets out and uh, hmm. more people, more people can come. Here's me and my podcaster. <laughs>
him saying, here's me and my podcaster, was his reaction when Kim arrived and took our photo. On a side note, for fun, I'll see if I can get that photo and post it on the Shared Ground Facebook page. So next up is my conversation with Kim Thompson. To start, you'll hear Kim talking a bit about how the Deanery Project got started. It was an opportunity that came up in our community when an old summer camp was going to get sold for condo cottage use. And it was a group of local residents and environmental educators um, got together and saw an opportunity to do something in our community that was, um, we didn't know really at the time what it was going to be, but it was a very creative and collaborative group of folks that uh, cared deeply about the environment and um, how to how to strengthen our community. And it's, it's a beautiful space. It served community for 75 years, so there's, there's a huge history of people that had come through here and uh, brought a lot of heart and energy to the space. And so we, you know, we, we stepped into that in a, in a pretty interesting way, I think, right from the beginning. Mm. Yeah, so it was in 2011, the church put it up for sale. And it had been boarded up for three years at that point, and the roof was off, and the ceilings were down in places. And, and we always say, you know, if we hadn't got it that year, probably this building, the main hall, might have been beyond repair. So we, we were really just in time. There were a number of other buildings on the property that we were able to um, to, to, to step into as well. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so this building that you're talking about is a huge building and you're able to, they, you use it for all sorts of different purposes and it has a beautiful uh, commercial kitchen and lots of natural light and... Um, we're sitting in this little area that you have set this up as a, as a sound studio, and there has been recording happening in here before. Yeah, the, the acoustic properties are really good in here because of the clay plasters that we've used to uh, to finish the walls with. Right, so that was sort of a nice bonus, right? Like you did that for other reasons, but it turns into a good sound studio as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I've done a few sound studio projects with these plasters and of course if you can use straw bales as a structural part of them then it really ramps that uh, quality up a lot. Okay that's neat and I'm just wondering if you wanted to give maybe a quick orientation of the other buildings on the on the property or or some of the things that happen here. Hmm. So because the building was in such need of repair, as were the other buildings, every piece of infrastructure improvement that we've done here since we started has been a learning opportunity for ourselves and also um, a way to share that uh, knowledge uh, with other folks that are looking to uh, opportunities like the kinds that the deanery presents. Um, So there's like hubs or opportunities in every community and how can we um, reanimate those was really foundational to to the ethos of the the, the project right from the beginning mm-hmm. so the other buildings that we have the, the other main building is what we call the roost and we've developed that to have a, a woodworking studio and a, an open classroom space 
and uh, a bike hub. And actually, the bike hub has just recently expanded into being a stained glass studio as well. We were able to, uh, we were given um, a full studio from a, a local artist who moved on to Cape Breton and left her studio in our care. So we're, we're learning to share that as well. Huh, wow. Yeah, so, so you offer all sorts of workshops here, and I know that you've been doing some stained glass workshops recently, so all of, all of your workshops are open to the, anyone who's interested in coming. And what about the bikes? The way we've got to where we are today is really a reflection of who's in the room at the time. And uh, when we first began in 2012, there were a number of people that were really passionate about bikes and active transportation was coming onto the radar um, in HRM as being something that they really wanted to focus on. So we were able to get a little bit of funding towards that and uh, in terms of improving that space and to get people involved with active transportation. So we accept bikes, we fix them up, and then we um, give them away or use them as part of our little bike fleet here that people can borrow and, and go and explore the shore with. But that project has ebbed and flowed over the years, over the last 10 years. So for, you know, first two or three years, there was a lot of bike energy, bike people around, and then that kind of morphed more into more natural building, really bigger, deeper focus. And and the arts is the thread that weaves all of those kinds of activities together. So we're not doing as much bike maintenance repair right now, but there is a huge opportunity, I think, for anyone that would be interested in that at any time. Uh, the infrastructure is there. There's this beautiful, you know, country road kind of that people could be running little um, bike tours on or something like that. So mm. those spaces like bike piece, the wood shop, now the sound studio. Those are all um, a part of our uh, social enterprise mission as well. So in addition to look, you know, to funding this work through, through grants and very minimally through memberships, because we don't get very much money through that, um, that fundraising source, but Social enterprise is huge, and how can we um, take a, a mission-informed business approach to the resources that we have here and, and create employment opportunities and more learning, more knowledge sharing um, for ourselves and for whoever steps into, into our space. Throughout our conversation, it became clear to me that Kim sees social enterprise as key, and that aspect is growing. I love that it seems that there are so many ideas yet to materialize, depending on the involvement of those interested. I learned that they like to ask the question, what are the employment opportunities that match the community vision? They find it to be a creative and fun approach. I wanted to add here a little about the energy systems at the deanery. There are solar panels on the roof, that were donated by Bullfrog Power and make up well over half of their total energy use. They have an electric vehicle charging station by the road. 
I'll briefly outline some of the infrastructure improvements that have been made, with ecological values in mind, since 2002 when they took over. You heard that the main building was in major disrepair with a collapsing roof. So they installed a metal roof and over time added insulation in the roof when funds became available. They put insulation in the walls and reclad them. In the interior, wherever they could, they used natural building techniques and sourced local materials to improve the thermal and air quality of the building. For instance, they added light clay straw for insulation and finished the surfaces with beautiful clay plasters. All the ceilings are clay painted or lime washed. The main hall now has a wall therm, which is a very efficient wood stove that provides both radiant heat and heating of the building's water. Now back to Kim. I asked her to describe a little more about how people can explore the deanery as guests. Yes, yeah, so the the bikes are available if people wanted to come and borrow them and explore the, the shore. Uh, the woodworking shop is, that's more of a focused learning opportunity. So um, we run workshops on that, on green woodworking or crafting in, in different ways. Uh, but the, the waterfront, if people wanted to come down and, you know, look at, not for swimming, not public swimming, but um, if there's a program here where there is a lifeguard, then there's opportunities to do that. Mm-hmm. We were given some canoes and kayaks over the last few years, so we have um, boating opportunities. We have a couple of instructors that um, uh, do kayak courses out of here to go up and explore the, the wild islands and um, or even paddle up into Ship Harbor Long Lake if, if anyone wanted to do that. Oh. Okay, so if people want to visit, though, it's it's probably better to either come to one of your open houses or to call first or to join an event or a workshop that's already happening? Or do you accept walk-ins at any time? Uh, we wouldn't accept walk-ins for the kayak kinds of things. Or um, the, the trails are open, uh, so we have four and a half kilometers of walking trails and people are, are invited to, to go and explore those. And there's a you know there's a little map they can come up to the main hall and check that out and um, I, we appreciate it if people check in so that we know who's on the trails before they go, they they go off. Uh, but mostly engaging with the facilities would be through uh, through a program or an artist residency. So that's another way to get longer term access to to the resources that we have here. Okay, great. Um, I just wanted to um, to go back to something you said in passing. If you could just say a little bit about what greenwood construction means. Oh, okay. So greenwood construction is working with green wood, small diameter wood very often. So it's a you know traditional way of working with shave horses and draw knives and um you know, you could be making spoons, but you could be making small shelters or um, garden projects, things like that. So uh, rather than working with wood that's dry, kiln-dried or just air-dried, you're working with the, the, the fresh wood, and there's certain characteristics in using the wood at that stage that means that you can bend it and shape it in in. In, into useful 
objects. Right. Wow. Yeah. There's a whole art to that, isn't there? And mm. and it also enables you to use um, wood that wouldn't normally be thought of as as wood for for building with, because we normally wait for wood to get older and then dry it before we use it for for a lot of certain certain building projects. Yeah. Yeah. And often, I mean, we do use use small diameter wood so for for bending and poles and walking sticks and it they're simple small projects often that just connect people with those traditional tools and um yeah and connecting with the land and the forest in a in a pretty practical way right yeah um what what values lie at the heart of the deanery project hmm what values lie at the heart of the deanery? There's a an integrity and an openness and a culture of care is something that we often use to describe what we're what we're about. Yeah, we look to the to the land and to to nature and to each other to to really inform what what we do and how we can how we can best serve um, each other and you know the world today in this really challenging time we, we you know we value simplicity and we value honesty and direct action and openness there's this piece of um, Participatory action research is some of the language I sometimes use to describe what we have here. We have this, you know, we've been, we've stepped into this incredible privileged opportunity to steward this piece of land and to, um, how can we use that in the best way possible to, um, for care for the land and for each other? And the research piece, because we're, we work quite a lot with, with schools and people that are coming here to expand their experience and knowledge of, of, um, whatever it is they're passionate about, if it's art or biology or recording, um, the action of giving people space and resources to do that mm. becomes uh, an opportunity to, to make a difference, I think, in terms of research and development. And, um, I mean, the natural building techniques and things like that that we do here, we use that on, on every level or on every project. And they're a reflection very much of, of that kind of participatory action research approach in many ways. And it's often you think of that as something kind of theoretical, but actually, if you're, you know, if you're building with your hands and using, um, learning about clay and local resources to clad your walls and um, and improve the indoor air quality or the acoustics in a space for in whatever way those materials will impact that that is a sense in a sense a participatory action research model in practice mm. uh, which is something we haven't really articulated i don't think particularly well but it is um it is built into everything that we do here 
That's interesting. I just thinking as um, someone who's been here a few times and when I come, I, I do feel this real spirit of um, welcome for one thing and curiosity and like, you just like, what are they up to now? What's going mm-hmm. on? And who's been here doing what? Like, it, it's really, um, yeah, I think it's, ins- it's definitely inspiring for people to, to come see and, and then also know that if they wanted to get in involved in um in testing out something or learning more about something or trying something in a different way that that that, yeah anyway how you described that i really liked and i'll cut out what i just said because i cut myself out all the time (laughs) well i liked what you really you said just now as well and i and that's very much that culture of care culture of curiosity that has evolved from here and not always intentionally it's just it's the nature of the people and the land and space that we um we're part of right now Uh, and it really yeah i'm thinking as you say that it really seems to support people at least speaking from my own experience and in a grounded and um flexible way though it's like like a sense of what's possible and that that one could participate in it with others Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so I know that a lot of people have been involved in contributing skills and energy to this place over time. And what is it, do you think, that brings folks here to want to be involved? Probably lots of different reasons, but... Well, there's a huge hunger for connecting and learning. And we're again, so privileged in many ways to be this space that's not, um, I don't know how to say this exactly, but it's not burdened in a way with a lot of the trappings of a political system or a, um, a, you know, or a, an organizational system at this moment anyway. I mean, we're, we're young and but it's more like stepping into um, a family almost. You know, when you go into a f- family homestead and there's opportunities to to learn and explore on that level, whereas it, so it's not institutional in the way that can, um, can slow that down a bit. So I think when people see that there's that kind of opportunity, then that's, that's, that's welcoming. Hmm. I know you think a lot about your relationship and your responsibility to the land and also to the people who have lived with the lands of Mi'kma'ki for thousands of years. And um, can you tell us something about how the deanery welcomes Mi'kmaq collaboration? The journey of the, the deanery and my personal journey with learning about our First Nations relationship to relationship isn't even the right word for that, but how humankind has lived with the land here um, over the years has been something that's, you know, it's life-changing. We're all all of us learning to explore these hard questions about um, who we are and how we how we relate to land and how we relate to the history of the lands, and that is 
very raw. And as we dig deeper into those relationships and that the history of that, it's, it's, it's hard work. And we are constantly looking at that and uh, trying to understand how best we can um, live and practice with, uh, with love and intention that's going to grow those relationships, build health and well-being with all our communities, all our relations, and with the land. Um, we've been so privileged to have had elders in our community that have shared their experiences and their practices with us over the years, um, and often through the arts. Uh, Alan Silliboy has been a, a longtime friend of ours here, and um, his work has, and just who he is, has really helped us think and live, I think, a lot of the the connections to, to the land and to each other. The work of Albert Marshall and, you know, the two-eyed seeing language and um, some of the other indigenous artists that have been part of our community from early days. And um, Alan did a residency here with a group of um, other First Nations, four, there were four folks, and it was called the, the Path We Share was the name of the, the project they were working on. And uh, it was really powerful and for us to be helping vision that a little bit at the beginning, just having the space here. Another project that has helped inform and continues to help inform what we do is the, um, the Mi'kmaq Moons. Um, the, the Mi'kmaq Moons project is a bit part of what we do with our night sky and sky pillar um, work. So we share, we share that, um, that story often. Shalon Jodri is also um, a part of that night sky storytelling and connecting to the land piece and the okay. poetry and um, she's such an amazing artist. Um, I know I've seen the the Mi'kmaq moons that they have a Facebook page too that people could check out and I um and then I just was remembering that Shalon Jodri has her own podcast called Tales, Trails and Spruce. Yeah. How do you think the story of the deanery influences or can influence and guide other like-minded projects or communities? Well, I hope that it, I, we hope that it'll inspire rural, urban family communities to sort of look at the resources that they have to hand and think about how they can value and animate those to achieve those bigger goals of health and well-being, happiness. Right. Yeah. So the individuals to see what's possible, what they can achieve themselves or with their communities. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, our responsibility is really to make sure that we're communicating that, taking time to do what we're doing right now and documenting in a way that it's, it's shareable. Yeah. I was noticing like all over the deanery, you have all sorts of things to read and it, it's helpful for someone looking around. Like you can learn a lot from things the way you have documented things already. 
Is there anything else you'd just like to share or what would you encourage interested folks to consider as far as people wanting to start their own projects of any kind for similar reasons? Um, take, take a chance to, you know, step into it and ask lots of questions with people and stay connected to the community that's there. Like really design it almost around who, who's in the, who's in the room. Mm. Um, and if there's somebody missing, how can you bring them in? But just do it. We need it so much. We need people doing this work. I just love the foundational story of the deanery about what is possible when a group of passionate and dedicated people come together to solve a pressing challenge without knowing in what directions it will eventually blossom. Being open to its evolution based on who is in the room at the time is a creative and emergent way of working. I've posted lots of photos from the Deanery Project on the Shared Ground Facebook page, so take a look there for some images to go with what you've heard. You can, of course, also check out the Deanery's website and socials, and as usual, I'll be sure to put links to all that in the show notes for this episode. I would encourage you to drop by one of their regular open houses and to check out their upcoming events. There are really a lot of neat things going on there. I'd like to highlight Kim's invitation for folks to also consider potential involvement in one of the social enterprise opportunities. We'll certainly return to the deanery over time and dive into certain aspects a little deeper. Coming up sooner than later will be an episode about what they call the Sky Pillar. Thank you for listening to Shared Ground. Until next time, fellow humans. Thank you.